Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Good stuff. Welcome along, everyone. Newbury is our focus this week with three races from their Saturday card coming under analysis in part one of the Pod Blast. Starting with the handicaps at 2.25 and 3 o'clock and then rounding out part one with the, of the pod uh, with coverage of the Group 2 Hungerford Stakes. Part two of the Pod Blast sees our football t- Trixie uh, top, middle and bottom properly engaged first gear as we embark on our season-long journey of the lower league Scottish football betting. Marvellous. Can't wait. And you can't wait either. That's coming right at the end of uh, the, uh, the Pod Blast. Top, middle and bottom returns uh, in earnest here this, uh, this morning, uh, but it's uh, racing first, starting with coverage of the High Clear Castle Gin Handicap Duo for 2.25 on Saturday at Newbury. Uh, uh, hello, Ben. Welcome along. And uh, can you start us off with that one? Hello, Tony. Yeah, I can indeed. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out before we start the analysis, uh, some patches of rain, some heavy forecast in Newbury Friday. Uh, and for parts of Saturday. Uh, so current good going as of Friday morning might just soften up a little. Uh, worth bearing in mind for sure. I thought I would mention the weather because, Tony, you get in trouble for mentioning weather on your uh, your radio shows. You get all sorts of abuse, so I thought I'd do it for the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very um, much. Absolutely battered this morning, I got. But anyway, moving on. The weather. <laughs> uh, moving on, yeah. Yeah, but I don't hear for the analysis. Uh, 225 Castle Gin Handicap at Newbury. Um, I'm looking at a shortlist of Woolhampton, Punchbowl, Flyer, and When the Dealing's Done. Uh, Woolhampton, he comes in off the back of two career best efforts on her last two starts. Both of them came when wearing blinkers. Uh, They're wisely kept on here. She's run at Newbury four times previously, though she didn't win any of those starts. Uh, She did place on three of them, including a second in the Super Sprint last season. She's never been beaten more than three lengths in those starts, so does handle Newbury well. Um, if you look at her at Class D level or below, and when wearing any form of headgear, she has two wins in a place from five starts. So Woolhampton, I think, should be in the mix here in this one. A punchable flyer, having his first run for 302 days. It's also his first run for his new trainer, John O'Shea. So a couple of maybe small questions there, but he is very well handicapped on his best form, uh, and all his wins have come under similar conditions to this race. Uh, races worth 11 grand or less over a sprint trip and a mark of 99 or less. So he could make his presence felt if his if New Yard has him ready to fire, punchable fire. Uh, and then we have when the deal's done, uh, I think, who I do think is a horse, has his prime conditions in this race. If you look at when the dealing's done under the following, races worth less than 20 grand a mark of 93 or less. June to September, a straight track and returning of breaks of 16 to 45 days. Under those conditions, he's an unbeaten four from four. One of those wins came here at Newbury and he does get those conditions on Saturday. William Buick back in the saddle, I think is also a positive. He's two from five on the horse. I think when the deal is done, looks a, a decent right each way play in this one, Tony. So when the deal is done, would be the one I'm most interested in. Woolhampton probably second best for me. What you got, Tony? Uh, certainly, uh, well, I'm with you on Woolhampton. Uh, backed uh, last night as well from ten to one into fifteen to two. Won a seven runner contest 
at the back end of last month off a £4 lower mark, has hit the frame on three occasions from four starts at Newbury, uh, has won over the trip, uh, and Ross Coakley was on board on her last two starts, which included the win at Ascot. And uh, as you alluded to, Ben, uh, this time last year, second of 20 and third of 10 over course and distance in a couple of non-handicap contests running well in defeat so each way play for Woolhampton for me my other two uh, Libra Tiger and Swift Asset Swift Asset has placed on good ground and won over a similar trip both career victories have uh, come when running within 15 days of last run. Uh, concern is that uh, he's not from seven when rated 81 or higher and yet to hit the frame in four starts on a slightly undulating track, so which leaves Libra Tiger, who ran in the bloody racing league on uh, Thursday evening for some reason, improving sort, solid and consistent in his last four starts since June. Uh, finished eighth of 13 in the racing league on Thursday, uh, but I think Newbury will be more to his liking than Windsor and I think I'm coming down as I'm saying these words. Uh, I was going to let the listeners decide between Swift Asset and Libra Tiger to go along with Woolhampton, but uh, I'm going to stick with Libra Tiger and uh, probably the concerns is a bit too much for Swift Asset, even though that's on my shortlist. Uh, Libra Tiger and Woolhampton for me at uh, each way prices in that uh, 2.25 at Newbury. Three o'clock, Class 2 Summer Sizzler handicap over seven furlongs. Ben? Yeah, I thought uh, thought three o'clock was a a very open race, Tony. Uh, I didn't have a huge amount of notes for any of the runners in the field except Lyndon B. Uh, I think he is better at slightly lower level and off short breaks, so I'm not one I'm, I'm overly keen on Lyndon B on this occasion. So I, I had a look at some trainer trends for this race. I noticed William Haggis had won this twice and had one other place from four runners since uh, 2016. Clive Cox, he'd also won the race twice with three others placing from just six runners. Uh, they both have runners again this year. Scholarship and Lethal Nymph for Cox and Alpha Capture for Haggis. Uh, I also had a look at how Willie Haggis did in a Newbury three-year-old or older hand Caps in general since 2016. His stats were 16 winners from 43 for a 37% strike rate and over 50 points profit. When in place, uh, he is 47% strike rate. And as I already mentioned, he sells Alpha Capture in this. Uh, he's a horse that he's not really fired this season, but they go back up to seven furlongs with him. They also stick a uh, headgear on a visor, which is interesting, as Haggis horses aged three or older on the flat that are wearing a visor for the first time um, and are running in fields of 15 or less. They return figures of nine from 27, which is a, a 33% win strike rate and almost 40 points profit. When in place, 41% strike rate. So despite Alpha Capture being one of the outsiders in this, a case can be made for him. I think he's an interesting one to take a, a bit of an each-way swing at in an open race, uh, Alpha Capture. Probably also have one of the Cox runners on side as well. If the rain did come, then course and distance winner scholarship would maybe be the best Clive Cox option. He won at Newbury on seasonal debut off a mark of 86. Failed to back that up in three starts since. Uh, he's only one point higher now than his last win. Uh, reached for the blinkers for the first time. Clive Cox runners in August and September period with first-time blinkers and four-plus starts in the current season. They've got a 29% strike rate, a hefty 90 points profit. So there are some positives on the 
headgear angle there for scholarship. And he won't mind any softening of the ground. Both his wins coming on due to soft and soft. So I will take Alpha Capture and scholarship in this one. Tony, what have you got for us? Good stuff, Ben. Uh, yeah, I've got Bless Him and Classic on a short list of four. Uh, bless him and classic. Uh, I won't be playing, but uh, would uh, suggest listeners uh, have a look at bless him and also classic. Uh, my two for the race: Spangled Mac, not beaten far in a number of starts in big numbered handicap fields since June at Royal Ascot in the Buckingham Palace Stakes, and then a couple of days later in the Wokenham as well as the International Stakes last month. Still on a five pound higher mark than his last victory, but does look on a mark where he can hit the frame at least. Uh, that's Spangled Mac. First time cheek pieces and William Buick uh, in the plate could all be positives for Spangled Mac each way. Uh, top secret 10 to 1 or around 10 to 1 mark has been a bit of a slow burner this term, running well in defeat in a number of starts since May. Three of four career victories over this trip and has hit the frame in four of his eight starts at this venue. So top secret and uh, Spangled Mac for me in the three o'clock, the class two summer sizzler. Uh, 3.35, the Group 2 Hungerford Stakes over seven furlongs, Ben? Yeah, I've got a short list of the following for this year's Hungerford Stakes. Chindit, Marman and Mustabashir. Chindit has been running well this season. Uh, this represents a, a much easier task than his last two starts, uh, which I see him finish second in the Lockinge and a five-length sixth in the Queen Anne at Royal Ascot. He drops back to seven furlongs here. I could see them using his one-mile stamina in this try and go from the front. Only Pogo looks the, the only other one likely to be up with the pace in the early stages. Chinda also has conditions to suit here. His form at Group 2 level and below on slightly undulating tracks such as Newbury. That reads seven wins and one place from nine starts. He's also won over his course and distance previously. So I get why he's near the head of the market in this Chindit, and he does look to have a big chance. Well, it is worth noting he did bomb out in the race last year, and that's the only time he's failed to at least place under the prime conditions I just mentioned for him. And Marban, uh, that's one I noted after he ran third in the Lennox Stakes at Glorious Goodwood last time out. I thought the small field and the 39-day break he was coming off were against him that day. So that effort was worth a markup from Marban. He's certainly better suited to the slightly larger field and quicker return to the track. So Marban certainly high in my thoughts for this, as is Mostabashir for the Gosdens. The Gosdens, they're quite picky with the runners they send to this race. They've only ever run 10 in the Hungerford, but five of them have won. Four others have finished third. And if you look at the ones... They have run the race of breaks of 42 days or less. Five winners from eight, and the other three finished second or third. So they clearly don't run something in this if they don't think it's got a big chance. Uh, they do clearly rate uh, be sheer highly, because they ran him in the St. James's Palace Stakes uh, on only his fourth career start. So he only had three starts prior to that. So they weren't scared to stick him straight into group one company. Uh, they stick blinkers on him today and also, or on Saturday, and also recall William Butte for the ride. Now Butte won on him at York back in May. So I think both Marban and Mostbashir, I think they're both interesting alternatives to Chindit in this. So I think I'd like to play them probably against Chindit. I won't be surprised if Chindit win, but I'm, I'm coming down on the side of Marban and Mostbashir, Tony. What do you think? 
Yeah, I like Trindit, mate. I'll be honest with you. Um, of course, and Disson winner running well in defeat in a couple of Group One contests. Uh, this term, winner of a Group 2 contest just over 12 months ago. Uh, Jumby, course and distance winner, solid and consistent most of the season. And Marban, 8-1, uh, not quite Group 1 standard, but I think can go well here in this Group 2 Hungerford Stakes. Uh, off at 3.35. Those were my notes, Ben. It wasn't that I didn't do my homework on them. It's just what the re- when I was looking at the rest of the field, and then my final note was, I'll be staggered if none of these three win this race. Absolutely staggered. If anything beats Chindit, Jumbi or Marban, I'll probably be dutching Chindit and Jumbi. Um, well, I have already, actually, but come the morning, uh, come Saturday morning, I might even uh, get all three into a dutch and uh, possibly Marban each way. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to stick by my words. I'll be I'll be staggered if Chindit, Jum- none of Chim- Chindit, Jumbi or Marban uh, actually win this 3.35 at Newbury. Uh, okay, that's it uh, for the uh, racing. Uh, this is what you've been waiting for, really, isn't it? We're back up in Scotland. We're on the bus. Oh, golly, what a boy! The great thing about loving football is you cannot explain why you love it. It just happens. Chasing a ball round a park, wanting one team to win against the other. Elmahani Rayford, Webster. Oh, jeezy peeps, man. Fantastic. Welcome to uh, Top, Middle and Bottom. The wonderful tones of Archie McPherson. And uh, Ben, you'll have to explain jeezy peeps, man. GG peeps, uh, so it's not something <laughs> I personally use, but it basically means Jesus Christ, man, what are you doing? <laughs> kind of, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, it's great stuff. So we went uh, outright top, middle and bottom last week. It's now time to return to the weekly crack at all things low-level Scottish football-related. Marvellous. Uh, for those that are new to the pod, top, middle and bottom is uh, its just for fun. It's our one-pound football Trixie, four-pound in total, where Ben and I go head-to-head in selecting one result from the top, uh, the Scottish Championship, one result from the middle, the Scottish First Division, and one from the bottom, the Scottish Second Division. Stick them in a Trixie, see where we end up at uh, uh, the season's end. Great fun last season. Uh, ben, I'll let you go first this week's top, middle and bottom. Yeah, starting at the Scottish Championship at the top, and I'm going for the mighty Queen's Park with Barry Hepburn, future legend of Bayern Munich in Scotland, <laughs> to beat our broth at 11. 11- to 10 uh, given that I think Queen's Park are title contenders this season and I also think our both will struggle and be involved in the relegation scrap then Queen's Park are a bit of a, a no-brainer for me here our both also had the worst home record in the league last season started this campaign with a 4-0 defeat at home against Andy United so Queen's Park at 11 to 10 an easy selection for me in the top Middle Scottish first Montrose and Cove Rangers to draw at thirteen to five. I think the Scottish first division could be a league of three parts. Uh, Hamilton, Falkirk, and Stirling finding out at the top. Annan probably finding life too difficult in this tier after promotion and struggling away at the bottom. I think the rest are all just going to bob about in the middle and kind of nullifying each other. So I'm going to go for local rivals Montrose and Cove Rangers to battle out a draw here. And at the bottom, Scottish second, Bonnie Rig Rose to beat Stranraer at 6-4. to four. Bonnie Rig have had the measure of Stranraer. They've met four times in the past year. Bonnie Rig have won three of them, and the other was a draw. 
Strand Rar were uh, poor on the road last season as well. They only scraped a uh, 1-0 win at Elgin in the opening day of this season. So it looks like they still may be dodgy travellers. And I will plump with Bonnie Rig Rose for the final part of my Trixie, which is top Queen's Park, middle Montrose and Cove to draw, and bottom Bonnie Rig Rose. Tony, what have you got for us? Uh, I I just love this, brilliant. Um, and and the League Cup. I was looking at the League Cup. Of, you've given me the option of the League Cup as well. Uh, one game in the yeah, Scottish Championship, yeah. so and uh, we've got four in the League Cup. And and this is uh, now in the knockout stages. After the League Cup, the Scottish League Cup had groups. So we're going to uh, the Scottish fun. League Cup. St <laughs> Mirren at home to Motherwell at twenty three to ten. St Mirren conceded one goal in four group games, uh, scoring nine goals. Motherwell also scored nine goals in uh, their four group games. It must be said. But I'm um, going St Mirren at home to Motherwell should be a cracker there. Twenty three to ten in the middle Scottish First Division. Hamilton away at uh, Edinburgh City seventeen to twenty. It's odds on uh, Hamilton uh, yet to concede a goal in. In 180 minutes, Hamilton away at Edinburgh City, and at the bottom, the Scottish Second Division, uh, Peterhead away at Clyde, 13 to 10. Peterhead yet to concede in two games. Uh, Clyde uh, second bottom after two games, a 1-1 draw with Spartans and a 2-0 home defeat against Bonnie Rig Rose. Uh, give me the uh, give me the inkling that uh, Peterhead should be able to beat Clyde away. So my uh, St Mirren. At 23 to 10, Hamilton away at uh, Edinburgh City, 17 to 20, and 13 to 10, Peterhead away at uh, Clyde. We're off and running, mate. We're off and running. Yeah, uh, on fantastic. The, getting stuff. on the board, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully, getting on Fingers the board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bearing in mind, I started last season with minus 16 before I started. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, so a nightmare start. But hopefully better this year. And I, I kind of lived but, off um, Nottingham Forest beating Liverpool, didn't I? At ten to one, <laughs> you did, but it kept your head above water. Let's it just be honest. chiselled away for the rest of the season. But anyway, great fun, great fun. Uh, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Hopefully, some winners there on Saturday and uh, Newbury, as well as our top, middle, and bottom uh, football Trixie. Keep an eye on the weather as well and non-runners. Uh, remember, if you're an early riser, you can catch me on Epic Radio. Uh, weekdays, lots of racing news there between 5am and 7, that's Epic Radio and also Shed Hot Radio from 7 till 9. You can catch Ben over on narrowingthefield.co.uk We'll be back next week with some York EBA coverage. Uh, fantastic for the EBA meeting. A big thanks for listening this week. Have a great weekend everybody. Cheers Ben. Cheers Donna. And thanks everybody for listening. Cheers. Cheers.